Hello, and thank you for listening to Let the Right Films In with Feeling Edition. This is usually your podcast on the IMDb 250, hosted by me, Tyler Hannon, and my co-host, Kayla St. Ange. But that little with feeling appended to the end of it means that Kayla has stepped out and I have brought in another subject for a little side series we're doing on the podcast now. This podcast will be a late preview of uh, summer 2017 movies, like half of which have come out already, but still very important. With me today, he's a familiar guest if you've listened to past episode of the podcast. He is a, uh, a writer, blogger, resident of Michigan, college graduate, millennial. He's fast. He's furious. Uh, he does the dishes. It's Gay Bacons. Hey. After all that, that's what you give me. That's the energy you give back to me. Hey, oh. I'm I'm excited. I said you were fast and you were furious. I am both of those things. I, 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 hey does not speak to fast or furious. <laughs> it's oh, it's Vin, internal. I have inner Vin fast be, and furious. So what, what would Xander Cage say? Nothing, because that's a different franchise. Exactly. Gabe, we <laughs> And I have seen no movies in either franchise. Alas, we will not be covering any Fasters, Furiousers, or Triple Xers today. We will be co- covering other summer movies that are coming out in the next few months with a couple of random categories. I have 21 set up. We might do more. We might do less. We might change things on the go. But it's very important, the these movies that are selected. We're not including movies that came out as of or before May 19th, so, you know, things like Alien Covenant, which would have definitely made my list, will not be included, partially because I also already saw it, and I really like it. Uh, and <laughs> we're going to stop at the end of August, even though there are some really big movies coming out in September, like the new It, which also would make my list. But I have not seen it. I have randomized the list. Okay. I'm going to have you go first. I have backups, so in the event that you choose the movie that I choose... Um, if I can control my anger at having having my favorite my, my choice usurped by you, um, I will go to my backup option. Otherwise, you will just so, get kicked uh, off the podcast. Yeah, you'll just hear silence on the on the other end of the line because I decided I didn't actually want you on it anymore. I knew the whole time I should have gone with my other choice. My other choice wouldn't have stepped on my toes like this. We should get into it. All right. So, Gabe, you like movies? You'll be like watching movies. some movies this summer? I'll be watching several movies this summer. All right. Uh, you have looked over the categories that have been given to you and selected at least one title that falls into each category, correct? Correct. All right. And then we will start with, as per the randomized list from random.org, who is not a sponsor of this podcast, a streaming service film. That is a movie owned or distributed by Netflix or Amazon.com. Of course, if it's on Netflix, it'll be available on Netflix. If it's Amazon, it'll be in theaters, only to hit Amazon later. Gabe, what is your streaming choice? Uh, my streaming choice is a Netflix movie. Uh, my option is War Machine, which is the latest uh, Brad Pitt project. Uh, it is a satirical look at the United States military's uh, involvement in Afghanistan in recent years. And it combines uh, two things that I really like, uh, one of which is political satire that makes me feel bad about my country, and the other one is Brad Pitt doing weird voices. 
Uh, I love Goofy Brad Pitt. Thank you to the Coen brothers for always giving us Goofy Brad Pitt. This one, however, is directed by David Michaud of The Rover, of the great, underrated Guy Pierce, Robert Pattinson, two-hander from A24. This is not A24, though. This is Netflix. And Gabe, thank you for not stealing my choice. I really appreciate that. I do like the choice, though, because, you know, you. Goofy Brad Pitt. And I do and, believe, if I'm not mistaken, that this originally started, it was going to be a more traditional biopic before they went into a different direction to make it more general satire. And we'll be able to see that. This, that'll this be on Netflix the day that this drops, so people will know right away whether you have chosen wisely or not. All right. I can't wait for angry tweets. I, I, I mean, you'll see at the end of the episode, but any angry, angry tweets will be directed uh, at you. I encourage all listeners, whether they are upset with me, upset with, uh, they're upset with you, all direct your tweets to Gay Bacon's on Twitter. And I will mute all of you, so. Oh, that's, it's, it's not a block. It's not a block, so it's okay. I'm just glad you didn't pick mine, uh, which right we are currently getting reviews of it out of Cannes right now, but uh, we can't go to Cannes. We're poor, so we don't acknowledge its existence starting now. My choice is, my choice is Okia, the latest from Bong Joon-ho, director of The Host and Snowpiercer. Yeah. This is a much more heartwarming movie by the looks of it than the uh, very everyone dies of Snowpiercer. Spoiler alert. You should have seen it already. It's been on Netflix. Uh, it stars like this hippo pig and this young girl and Tilda Swinton uh, channeling Ivanka Trump, apparently. But I don't want to focus on that part. Tilda Swinton and anything is great. That, yeah, that's my choice. Like, I don't, there's not much more to say about it. It's Bong Joon-ho, Tilda Swinton, hippo pig. Hopefully the kid doesn't die in this one. I mean... Spoiler alerts for the host. Okay, we'll be hitting Netflix on June 28th. Paul Dano's also in it. We don't like Paul Dano. And it looks like it looks like it's a pretty big environmental message this time around for him. And you know, we'll finally be able to decide after this summer whether Netflix is killing movies, saving movies, or like killing movies only to resurrect them with like some kind of death magic that also renders them undead. I don't know. We'll figure it out at some point when Netflix is doing the movies. <laughs> on to Man, you know, I can't, I can't transition laughing at my own joke. That's just, that's shameful. You did though. So we've <laughs> now if we cut it, Kyle, if you're editing this, I don't know which one of us is editing this. Cut it out. And most importantly, they need to taste fucking good. So we successfully made it through one. You're still on the podcast. This is great progress. I'm so proud of you. Best title. Best title. A uh, best title for me is 47 meters down because I like that, you know, in America, our measuring system is too messed up. So I appreciate that this movie went with meters instead of feet. I did not expect that, partially because I've been calling that movie the one, the not the shallows, colon, the one that's underwater, which is not the catchiest title, but it's just, you know, shark movies again. Yeah, but... uh, the shallows, colon, the metric system. I gotta say, like, well, I appreciate your choice. I, I I don't know if it would have made even the top ten for me. There are so many options. You have Nicolas Cage starring in a movie called Inconceivable, which will inevitably be a waste of that combination of title and star. But, you know, that's not... We can't say for sure yet. Uh, personally, I think I'm gonna have to go with... Uh, you know, 
here, here's the problem with this one coming up so early is that I don't want to use multiple movies for different categories. And, but with the, so this was the one that was going to be, you know, I have several backups in mind just in case you were like super rude and stole my options in other categories. So I think I'm going to preemptively go with another option, hoping that my number one option will actually, I'll actually be able to use my number one option when it comes around. I can't really rag on you that much for your choice because my choice is even sillier. Fun mom dinner. <laughs> what a great title. Fun mom dinner. It's all right there in the title. It tells you exactly what's happening. Uh, fun mom you know, dinner. It fun, it's a fun mom dinner. It's great. You know, like, and you get Tony Collette, and Tony Collette is one of the moms. I, I assume she's having fun at the dinner. I hope yeah. everyone has fun at the dinner. I know. You know, I mean, part of me thinks, you know, maybe they're going to try to, like, slip one by us, and it's called Fun Mom Dinner, but at some point it's not actually that fun, and that's where the dramatic tension comes from, and it also makes the title a little ironic. But in or my maybe head, there's just... Maybe there are no moms. Oh, man, that would be... Oh, that, that'd be so upsetting. What if Tony Collette doesn't have a kid? She can't go to the dinner. She's not a mom. And I mean, I, I, I can speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure that I can speak for both of us when we're pretty big fans of moms. You know, I we are pretty big fans of moms. You know, I, my mom is pretty cool. I've, I've, you've said that your mom is pretty cool. I haven't been able to verify that yet. Um, she is pretty cool. She might not even exist for all I know, really. <laughs> She's at the fun mom dinner. Oh, your mom's in the fun mom. You, how could you not lead? How, for one, how could you not choose that? Two, how do you not lead with that? Ah. You know, there will be fun mom. I, I'm really excited. Much like there was planking, there's going to be fun mom dinnering now. Fun mom dinner is just popping up all over the nation. People are going wild over the dinner. And that also, that <laughs> bought me enough time to look up. All right. So fun mom dinner comes out on August 4th. Uh, 47 meters down, your choice. Because I want to be, I want to be, you know, I, I want to get all the information out there. I want to be on top of this. 47 meters down, which is a shark movie about Mandy Moore and her friend being trapped in a cage. 47 meters down, under attack by a shark. Which has been, like, disproven numerous times that you're in much danger at all in that scenario, but movies. You know, I gotta say, you know, like, I have have friends who get very upset about shark movies, because sharks are actually pretty chill creatures, you know? They don't just, like, attack you out of nowhere the way that our movies imply. And I, I, I gotta say, 47 meters down makes sharks look like even bigger assholes than the shallows. <laughs> Which is a hard achievement. I mean, the shallows, there's one shark, he's upset, he's lost in the shallows, they're poking him with stuff. I I get it, you know? He gets really upset, and he wants to eat the dinner that's biting back. In this one, there are several sharks, they're all attacking. The, I, it, this is anti-shark propaganda, and I honestly can't support it, even if it does star Mandy Moore. I agree with all of that. So, I think we've proved my choice is the superior choice. It's much more fun, it's got moms, it's got dinner. There's three more things than I li- that I like than... Sharks murdering people underwater. It's like you're going to the zoo, except you're in the cage. Number three. Are you ready, Gabriel? I am so ready. This is a big one. This is very important. Okay. Category number three is original premise. All right. My original premise choice. Which might be hard to come by because all the articles are telling me that we are ruled by sequels now. So you have to dig through all those sequels on top of the pile to get to the dingy little original premise that's sitting at the very, the very bottom. All right. My original premise choice is the Hitman's bodyguard. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) 
because I just want a whole movie of Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson swearing at each other. <laughs> this is going so much better than I expected because I can't believe you. I mean, I know I had that whole intro about how there are no original premises, but man, the, of all the original premises, <laughs> you, you choose the one that's just a loose, like a, a loose excuse to get those two in the same room together. Yep. I will say the trailer looks much more fun than it probably should be for a movie that's called The Hitman's Bodyguard. Uh, oh, man, that's I need to recover from that. That one. And that is a late summer pick, you know, coming August 18th, directed by Patrick Hughes, uh, starring Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson. I have like I have nothing to add to that, really, except Ryan Reynolds goes through a windshield in the trailer and he seems pretty fine. And I just. Ryan Reynolds on the redemption train like his career is back on track after last year are you including this because I feel like this might be a bit of a if not a dip or an interruption you know it might be a blip I I, I don't know that this is gonna have nearly the effect Deadpool did even probably not but I mean I will take Ryan Reynolds in all right movies after a long career of being in bad movies considering both of those actors have a tendency to be in pretty terrible movies regularly aren't you the slightest bit worried that this is just totally forgettable and no one will even remember it existed after a few days because it was that bad i mean i'm worried about it but i'm just gonna try to think good thoughts and will it to be good all right i'm gonna tell you what i'm not worried about and that is that is my choice for the original premise which i thought was the obvious one i had i had a backup already because i thought for sure you were gonna go with this one it's baby driver oh yeah i look man baby driver looks cool i have baby driver uh, baby driver is the only answer i have that for other categories later on spoiler alerts okay you know all right all right okay okay you know I'll, I'll let that one go. Baby Driver, the newest movie from Edgar Wright, after, you know, that whole Ant-Man thing didn't work out, based on this idea he's had forever. There's a guy, his name is Baby, and he's a driver. And he's, you know, a lo- de- he's death. A lot of literal titles so far. There's, like, <laughs> the titles, are re- it's all in the title right there. He's not deaf, he has tinnitus. It's very different. God, I can't believe that. That is so insensitive. I just calling people tinnitus deaf. I just, I... You know, I might have to kick you off the podcast for that. That was very upsetting. <laughs> Damn, but, uh, all right. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> it was. It was. But uh, I'll, I'll, well, I'll at least get to the end of talking about Baby Driver, and we'll see where we are there. Baby Driver, he's a driver. He is. He's, his name is Baby. He's a driver. He has tinnitus. He listens to music and sticks it up to uh, his, car, like his car chases or his getaway ch- his getaway car flights, whatever. When he's driving, it syncs it up, and that makes for some pretty interesting action scenes. You'd think it's pretty exciting, very you know, yeah, that's awesome. Oh my god, I don't kind of like Fast and the Furious, but like with a little bit less testosterone, maybe just a little bit, just a little bit. But you see, here's the thing: he's got a girlfriend now, and he just wants to do one last job. One last job. One last job. It's a one last job movie. Ah, oh, I can't wait. And it's directed by Edgar Wright, and it stars uh, Ansel Elgort, who uh, I've recently discovered is not Alden Ehrenreich. Okay, I think I got that right. But not they, might, Alden but they might be the same person. Uh, I, you know, the internet tells me that they are not the same person, despite the fact that they look very similar. They have both they ever, have, have, have they ever been names. in the same room together? You know, I don't know, man. 
Uh, and uh, honestly, even if they were, uh, I've seen plenty of movies, including a recent one already mentioned on this podcast, where the same person plays multiple roles. So I still wouldn't, you could have them in the same room. I still wouldn't believe it. But this movie stars Ant. Ansel Elgort, not Alden, Alden Ehrenreich, his full name. Also Lily James, Kevin Spacey, John Hamm, Jamie Foxx, John Bernthal, and Sky Ferreira, one of my favorite pop stars. I will say I'm not totally free of worry about Baby Driver because Edgar Wright movies don't always make the most money. Sometimes they're great and they make they don't make that much money at all. And that's my one worry. But the trailer is awesome. The premise is awesome. You have fast cars and a heist and a one last job and a girl. I don't know what more America would want, really. And it's, it's biggest comp its biggest competition coming out that day on June twenty eighth. I'm pretty sure is Okia, which is on Netflix from a Korean director. So I really think if ever it's going to happen, now's the time. We believe in you, Edgar. I mean, even the week before, I'm really excited for the week before, but no giant blockbusters. I think, I think this is Edgar's moment. He's got it. We, he does. We should move on to the next, the next option though. I got a question, Doc. Why would I believe phones over here hear the goddamn word you said? Gabe, category number four is comedy. It's a very broad category. All right. Uh, well, I've got. Can I can I break a stand? Because one uh one is coming out uh probably on the day that this is getting released. If this is getting released, what I think it is, and then there's one later in the summer. Can I tell you both of them? Oh god, I can't believe you're cheating already. We're like a, we're not even twenty percent through. Oh my god. Fine. You know what? We are here. This whole podcast is built on celebrating movies. The only reason we're here, despite the fact that we're two white dudes sitting in rooms with microphones, starting a podcast, which is like nobody needs more white dudes talking about movies on podcasts, is because we want to talk about great movies and get people to see them and give them money. So you know what? You tell me two movies. I'm I'm glad that you that you put that qualifier in because my first one is like I'm kind of actually really excited for Baywatch. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the it's, Rock Johnson. It's uh Alexandria Daddario who's really good. It's Zach it's Zac Efron in a type of Zac Efron role that Zac Efron is really good in. It strikes me as a like a type of movie like uh The Neighbors, which like looked bad before it came out and then turned out to be good. You know, you're you're moving right over the most obvious comparison. Twenty One Jump Street, also a reboot of an old TV series that shouldn't like who thought that could become a movie, and yet you know it might be a pretty great movie that's actually pretty hilarious and spawns Baywatch two, three, and twelve. All right, so that is my first option, which is, like, a very early summer release. And uh, my second option is The House, uh, with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler uh, as parents who start a casino in their home to pay for their daughter's tuition. Uh, and I love both of those actors. And to get and it's honestly, that premise is a little too real as I'm paying off my student loans. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, that... that, that... The name of the, the name of the movie makes sense because they are the house. They're starting a casino in their home. But I don't know that call, giving your movie the title "The House" is ever a good idea. It's just very the house. Fair. What is you? You need to see the marketing. If you don't see the marketing, if you only see the title, it's going to be a hard sell, man. So I got to put Will Ferrell's face on everything. And Amy Poehler, man. I will say I watched that trailer because they're. 
Lord knows there are plenty of comedies that star really good people and come out terrible because someone has to write the work usually. But I really enjoyed that trailer. Plus, you have Jason Manzukis, Hollywood's best asshole. There is no one better at playing ass- an asshole than Jason Manzukis. At least, I assume he's playing an asshole. He's on all the time, including on the How Did This Get Made podcast. But I'll say, that trio right there, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm here for it. It's got, it's got a lot of other good people in it. Uh, Rob Hubel's in it, Andrea Savage. And it's coming out June 30th, so not that much later. But, you know, those two good com- two good comedies coming out in the next 30 days or so. That's, that's good. I'm into it. Next, we have possibly the most important podcast because, as I've said multiple times, uh, this podcast is basically uh, a shill for A24, and I've stopped pretending otherwise if I ever did. Oh, wait, no. Oh, we, man, need, I, we, need, we need your comedy choice. I skipped right over my comedy choice. Oh, man. Well, teaser for what's coming in two minutes. Um, <laughs> I got so busy. I got I got so distracted trying to be funny on the podcast that I forgot about the, the, the movies that are actually funny that people are really going to be going to for entertainment. Uh, my choice for comedy, you didn't, you actually did not choose my choice, which I'm really impressed by. But I got to say, again, for all the grief I give you, I think both of your choices are better bets than mine is, uh, because mine is Ingrid Goes West. Ooh, okay. Uh, Ingrid Goes West. Okay, so here's the thing. I love Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza is like one of my favorite actors. You know, I, she's almost always hilarious. There's no one quite like her. Uh, she goes by Evil Hag on Twitter. She's the best. The problem is the things that she's in, besides the two things I named, are almost always terrible or at least not nearly as good good as she is and i just want hollywood and the people making these things to give her something great to be great in so i'm putting my hopes on ingrid goes west one of two of her comedies coming out this year starring aubrey plaza who is stalking elizabeth olsen uh so you know gonna be dealing with some tentative subjects there but also stars o'shea jackson jr and of straight out of compton and wyatt russell who is He's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's kid, so he's got good genes. And uh, he's got the best genes. He's got the, you don't get better genes than that. Let's be real. <laughs> oh man, I want to be Kurt Russell's kid. But starring Arby Plaza, stalking this girl, which you know is a very del- like that's why it's very tentative because it's going to be very hard to pull off. I think, but we'll see. I, right. The, just... the, tra- the trailer involves uh, Aubrey Plaza showing up at Elizabeth Olsen's wedding and then macing her. Yeah, that's how it starts. That's how we're introduced. Uh, and then it scales back, but it starts big. And I, especially after she lost, like Aubrey Plaza went totally unhinged in Legion. I'm into something else that's going to let her go similarly unhinged, but, you know, have some idea of how to use her. We'll see if this does. This might be another life after Beth or the to-do list where afterwards I'm just like, oh, come on. I just want her to get something as good as she is. That's enough for now. A couple that yogas together stays together. Prayer hands emoji. So as mentioned, the next movie or the next category on the list is A24. We're shills for A24. It's everyone's favorite studio. Gabriel, are you also a fan of the uh, of A24, the film company? I'm a big fan of A24. Big fan. Release have released such movies as The Witch, Ex Machina, The Rover. I already mentioned uh, Obvious Child, Green Room. 
Moonlight, the, the which people may have heard of, this little movie that was like the greatest thing that's ever happened to the world. Um, what is your choice for A24's release? Unless you anticipated what I'm going to pick and pick something else, I have a feeling that this might be the first one that I take your pick on. Because... I think when you're, I know what you're going to say, and I'm ready to ha- to slam my finger down on this red phone-shaped button. All right, uh, my choice for A24 is It Comes at Night. Yeah, I, I'm not even mad because I knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, it Comes at Night is a horror movie starring Joel Egerton. Uh, there is that he plays a man who lives out in the middle of the woods, and there is some sort of sickness happening to the outside world. We don't get a lot of information on it, but he takes in a family with the only instructions being that they do not go outside at night, and the do- and the only door into his cabin stays shut. And obviously, because it's a horror movie, that doesn't super work out. I think I think something's gonna come in the night, and I think th- I think it might things might go wrong. You know, um, I could go on forever about this, as this you're correct would have been my pick for several categories. Uh, it comes out June 9th. Um, the the big thing for me, even before we got the incredible trailers for it that have come out so far, which don't show anything but are like the scariest thing you'll watch this year is that it's directed by Trey Edward Schultz, who made this incredible little domestic drama that was horrifying in itself called Krisha on a tiny budget. I saw it on Amazon Prime. I, if it showed in theaters, it was very limited, but it was like one of the best movies of last year. And, it's, and if what he did in that family drama is any, any indication, this is going to be terrifying and also have incredible music. But good choice. You've, you've done well even if you stole from me. Now, the movie I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I probably would have ha- would have gone with a ghost story, but I don't, because, you know, it's from David Lowry, director of Ain't the Body Saints and Pete's Dragon. It stars Rooney Mara, one of the LTRFI all-stars. Just incredible. I'll watch her in e- almost anything, except for when she makes very unfortunate choices like Pan, don't want to talk about it. She's incredible. I just, I hate, look, as you will also hear today, I hated the discovery, but I loved her in it. She's, but also Casey Wilson's in that movie. And I just Casey don't feel <laughs> Casey, no shade to Casey Wilson. Casey Wilson is incredible. And as far as I know, totally unproblematic. Um, Casey Wilson, ah, Affleck is a bit problematic, but a I have bit. I, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I have an equally, Incredible choice. It is this movie that only just released its trailer a few days ago, I believe, called Good Time. So Good Time is coming out on August 11th. It is an A24 release, as we said, directed by Ben and Jordan Safdie, who's... I'm sorry, uh, Ben and Josh Safdie. But it stars uh, Robert Pattinson and Jennifer Jason Leigh and the story of a bank robber who finds himself unable to evade those who are looking for him. And it looks like his brother gets in some trouble, but really, this choice is because, one, Robert Pattinson's previous A24 movie was The Rover, which I loved. Uh, Two, I've never seen a Twilight movie. I think they would give the Harry Potter stars a run for their money in terms of the movies and the choices they've made after their franchise ended. I think Robert Pattinson's great. He makes these weird indie movies now, and I can't wait to see this one. I I know next to nothing about this movie, but I'm sold just by you telling me about it. You should watch the trailer. I watched it before. It's pretty good. It's got got a great uh, song in it that 
escapes my mind right now, but no, I'm really looking forward to that one. It looks like a good time. I just want to talk. And I want honest answers. Do you have any idea what's going on out there? This next one, I think it'll be pretty easy. And honestly, if we pick the same one, I don't even know that I'll pick a second one. Uh, which movie is going to inspire the most think pieces this summer? Ooh, the Think Piece Factory? I don't know. Mine might... Yeah, the think, uh, which movie is the Think Piece Factory? What are, what are you going to get... Like, even before it comes out, you're going to look at the internet... Ugh. Mine might... We might not have picked the same one, because I feel like Ooh. I maybe went in an unconventional direction for this one. I, I love it. You have already surprised me multiple times. Uh, lay it on me. What is the Think Piece Factory? Uh, I think the Think Piece Factory of this summer is going to be the Emoji Movie. I knew that reaction was coming. <laughs> you know what emoji I'm right now? It's the big one with the giant grin that's like crying, laughing. That's hear, me. Hear me out. Like I just oh. feel like with uh, with all like everything going on with like this whole you know oh like are we running out of ideas? Like our movies dying? I feel like a movie about the things that you send to your friends on your phone like is going to be ripe for a whole bunch of like. 50-something-year-old movie critics and, like, pop culture critics just, like, throw and take after take at us. Whereas I will just pretend it doesn't exist because I really don't want to mess with that. Yeah, I said, I I like that choice. Those takes are coming. I mean, I would think that. The only thing I worry about is that Angry Birds has already sapped some of that energy and furor from what the Emoji Movie will do, but... You know, I think the Emoji Movie, the emoji, I think Emojis are just, because at least Angry Birds, there's some kind of structure there. You have characters. Whereas the Emoji Movie, it's Emoji. I don't know. You might. That's a good choice. I like it. That's a good dark horse. I think, I'm going to go ahead and take the easy one. Uh, Death Note. Yep. Death Note's going to be the Think Piece Factory. <laughs> we already, like, there are already Think Pieces. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's already taken the title. Granted, there is a Christopher Nolan war movie coming out that he says isn't a war movie, and also it's just a Christopher Nolan movie. And uh, Catherine Bigelow is releasing a movie about based on Detroit in the 70s. Despite those two very strong contenders for the Think Peace Factor, I think Death Note's going to clean it up. And that's all I want to say about it, because I really, if we talk about this too long, I'm going to end up talking myself in circles, explaining maybe, maybe it won't be too terrible, because I really like the director and the writer and Keith Stanfield, and also, if we're going to whitewash something, uh, what's his name, uh, is a perfect choice to play the demon, because he's got the angular face that already looks kind of demon-like, but we're not going to talk ourselves in circles like that, we're just going to move on, and I'm not going to dig myself into a hole that I already have taken a few shovelfuls to. Just Google it. I think he's ready, Mel. Anyway, our next category is potential awards contender. So which, we're not counting effects because then you can say, oh, Transformers, obviously. Or, you know, the the effects are easy. I want you to think acting awards, uh, best picture, screenplay. What movie do you think will net either the most nominations or is the best candidate to get some of those nominations? Well, that might be how you approach this category, but I approach it from the what movie is thus transparently trying to get nominations. Love it. Love it. So my choice is uh, Churchill, which is obviously obviously a Winston Churchill uh, biopic, which looks, which looks like it was 100% designed to get Brian Cox a Best Actor nomination. Oh, man. You know, you know what the worst part about this is? <laughs> there, are, me. 
There are two Winston Churchill movies coming out this year. Are there really? Yes. What's the, what's the other one? Oh, oh, let me enlighten you. It comes out in November, so it's even more awards, baby. It's called The Darkest Hour, and yeah, it's called Darkest Hour. Apologies. And that's the one that has Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill. And that one's directed by Joe Wright, the acclaimed director of Pan and Atonement. Uh, no, no one plays Winston Churchill just for the love of it. Like, they, like if you're playing Winston Churchill, you're looking for awards. Like, you can't tell me that John Lithgow did it out of the goodness of his heart for the crown. We've already seen, I think from both of these guys, uh, photos, uh, promo stills that are like, oh my god, he really does look like Winston Churchill. That's some amazing makeup. Like, Leo already tried to pull that with Jay Edgar. I'm, I just don't think it's going to work. I think that is a different era of Oscars. But Oh, I don't think it's going to work either, but I think that that was definitely the thinking behind the movie. That is some interesting counter-programming, I'll tell you what. Uh, Churchill is coming on June 2nd, pretty soon here. And um, it also has John Slattery in it, though, Mad Men, you know? Yeah, so, I, I'm, I bet it'll probably provide a lot of competition for uh, Wonder Woman. You know, I will give it credit for this because I did look into it. Because I was like, God, why, why should I even care about a Winston Churchill biopic? I'm already tired of like old white dude war biopics. But the premise of this one is that it's about the 96 hours before D-Day, not about his entire life or even his t- entire um, reign, <laughs> his ent- all of his time as prime minister. So I will give it props for going like the Selma route and only being a, or almost Lincoln, not quite about being a spe- about a specific period of time so that it's not going to be o- as overstuffed and maudlin as it would have been. So, I mean, also it has John Slattery as Dwight Eisenhower in it. If you want to see like a little prequel to uh, Dunkirk, check out a little Brian Cox's Winston Churchill. I won't be, but you can. You know, I like your approach. Your approach is much more interesting. I should have gone with that. There are actually more choices than I thought there were going to be. So I think there are three really big, easy choices here. Detroit, I've gone over. Dunkirk, kind of gone over. And Wind River, which is the Taylor Sheridan directorial debut, the final in his little trilogy of the West or something. I think the two are the primary contenders. And, you know, as loath as I am to not pick the one that has Killian Murphy in it, which is Dunkirk, and Tom Hardy, who are just, oh, my heart goes a flutter just thinking about them. And Harry Styles. If people even make this, make it this far in the podcast, they're going to turn it off, and I'm going to get dragged because how could I not mention Harry Styles first? Harry, Harry Styles having himself a moment. It's a great time to be Harry Styles. My only plea is that I, I've been a big fan of Killian Murphy for a long time. It's well documented on the internet, and uh, that's why I mentioned him first. And But I'm going with Detroit. I just... I don't know. It, I don't know that it will be as big a contender for the for some of the award stuff, but maybe John Boyega. It's his time. He's up and coming. He's beautiful. He's great. Hollywood or the Oscars really don't want to be so white. I, I don't know. I just have. I think that's the one that's going to be more meaningful, um, as opposed to yet another World War II movie. Despite whatever Chris Nolan twist he brings to it. So, yeah, that's my uh, most likely to get awards one. Detroit. Catherine Bigelow. Woo. Hello. Oh, everything is fine. No trouble here. You know, well, I was going to say let's make this one quick, but this is the one we should talk about the most maybe, which is the best because we want to elevate the movies people haven't heard of. The best movie you found researching for this podcast. Uh, mine is one that you already touched on, so uh, we can go pretty fast through my selection. 
Uh, mine is Ingrid Goes West, for all the reasons you mentioned. Aubrey Plaza is the best and very rarely gets a project that uses her in a way that maximizes her talents. And this looks like a movie that actually might. Uh, my choice is Brave New Jersey, uh, <laughs> which is a little movie directed by Jody Lambert, starring Anna Camp and Tony Hale. Um, we'll probably most know Anna Camp from Pitch Perfect. Tony Hale is, of course, Buster from Arrested Development and also Veep. He's not Buster on Veep, but he is on Veep. Uh, but he the premise should be. <laughs> he should be. The premise of this movie is that it's a comedy about uh, you know a little town in New Jersey that is listening to Orson Welles' War of the World broadcast and loses its mind, um, <laughs> which I think is just a beautiful, beautiful premise to be played for comedy. And I, I, I don't know if it'll be good. I don't know the director or writer that well, but it's that is a right premise with two great comedy stars in it comes out August 4th. I look forward to it. Also, I'm just totally a sucker for any like intimate sci-fi or apocalypse movies, which this is like fake apocalypse, but I'm still into it. Reminds me of It's It's a Disaster, also starring an Arrested Development alum, but I'm tangenting. Uh, yeah, Brave New Jersey. Also great title, Brave New Jersey. How is that not your best title one? Uh, I don't know. Fun Mom Dinner. Fun Mom Dinner. You, you're slandering the Fun Mom Dinner. You know, what's wrong with a fun mom dinner? Why does it have to be, you know, something that has a pun in it, too, and is a clever twist on a familiar title? Why can't we just have a fun mom dinner, Gabe? Hey, I'm I'm all for fun mom dinners. Oh, my God. Soundtrack composer. Ooh, okay. Uh, my choice for this is a movie you might have heard of because it's gotten quite a it's gotten quite a bit of buzz and quite a few trailers. Uh, and we've called... already talked about the Emoji movie. And we've already talked about the emoji movie. <laughs> uh, my choice for a soundtrack or composer is Atomic Blonde, uh, which is the uh, uh, Charlize Theron movie where she is a spy who uh, murders a whole bunch of people along with James McAvoy. And uh, the... Go ahead. <laughs> in Berlin in the 1980s with a 1980s soundtrack, with some exceptions because the trailer has Kanye in it but I think it's supposed to be like 80s music. And the composer is Tyler Bates, who did the music for both Guardians of the Galaxies and both John Wick movies. And the movie's also directed by one of the John Wick directors, David Leitch. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to have some great music, and it's going to be awesome. I think it'll come up again, so I'll be talking about it again later. But yeah, that's, that's a great choice. And honestly... That was definitely on my list. I thought you might choose it, so I went with uh, a different one. Uh, Sofia Coppola's Beguiled. Uh, just because I'm super excited for this movie anyways. I need to fit it in somewhere. And I just... It's being soundtracked by the band Phoenix. <laughs> this this period Great. piece about... <laughs> and, and sold. <laughs> Listen, Sofia Coppola is one of our most valuable directors, I'd say. And... This movie looks incredible with Nicole Kid, like a bunch of te- sexual tension between Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Great cast, great director. And you know what? You go ahead and soundtrack this period piece with Phoenix. I love it. All, I'm just all in on this movie. And that just seemed like the most fun place to stick it in. Phrasing. <laughs> it's a movie about sexual tension. The phrasing is a fair joke. So you made contact with the French operative? Obviously. 
the movie that we think will be the biggest flop. And you can't choose King Arthur, which has already maybe claimed that title. <laughs> uh, my choice is, and I'm kind of sad about it because I love the author whose work it is based on. But my choice for this is The Dark Tower. Oh, man. It's a, it's a fair choice. For me, uh, so The Dark Tower uh, is based on the very popular series of Stephen King novels by the same name. And I just am not really sure who this movie is for. I feel like if they want to go really true to source, it's a pretty complex series of novels that relate to a lot of other King works, which a lot of people might not have put the background into like figuring out. And so if but then if you go too generic with it, the people who have read those will not be happy. And the trailer for it was not great. It was very like standard fantasy action movie, which is really sad because I like Idris Elba and I like Matthew McConaughey. Inspired casting on both counts. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure who this movie is for. My favorite part about it is it's apparently not like only 89 or so minutes long, which is great, but also surprising for, you know, a tentpole blockbuster. And also the movie's not And also it, it's, pretty, it's like a, it's, it's pretty, like a sequel? Yeah, it's pretty short for a movie like I said that's based on a series of novels that requires like some pretty serious explaining to like get your mind wrapped around like the world of it. And speaking of the world, it, like, takes place in the real, like, in our world as opposed to the world of the books. And, again, it's, like, a sequel slash reinterpretation. Um, I mean, I will probably be giving it my money opening weekend, but uh, this has been a very tortured production that has seen a lot of people come and go and a lot of different... It was going to be a movie and a TV series and then another movie. Carrie from Ganaga was going to do it at some point. No, I'm thinking of it. Some other big director was going to do it at some point. Um... And, but yeah, uh, the Dark Tower probably might not go that well, especially since it's up against Brave New Jersey on August 4th, you know. I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best with that because I love the casting so much. But, you know, uh, you know what other movie it's going up against? What's that? Fun Mob Dinner. Ah, oh, it's screwed. <laughs> you can't take down Fun Mob Dinner and Brave New Jersey the same weekend. I don't care if they're in limited release. Well, my choice is another one that's that I hope does not come to pass, but it, it, it looks so much like it could be another Jupiter Ascending. Uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I just want to say, it. I had to go, I, I did, it took some research figuring out what Valerian and the City of a Planet, Thousand Planets are. First of all, this is like the most expensive movie ever made, like the most expensive French production ever, like hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, directed by Luc Besson. Valerian is actually the name of Dane DeHaan's character. And the city of a thousand planets, what that actually means is that the city has residents from a thousand planets. Like it's a big melting pot. And Valerian, Dane DeHaan, and uh, Cara Delevingne are like secret agents trying to save it. I feel like a telling sign for this movie is that for Substream, I often write uh, news about movie trailers that come out. So I see a fair number of trailers I hear about. Uh, pretty much, if a movie's coming out, I have at least heard about it. I've never heard of this movie until the preparation for this podcast. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty incre- oh, and the city's called Alpha. 
So Valerian is the person defending the city that it has people from a thousand planets that is called Alpha and his partner is Cara Delevingne, whose name is Loreline. And again, this is like a hundreds of thousands of dollars, no, hundreds of millions of dollar production that is very confusing and is resting upon the shoulders of Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne, who I like, but that is, that is an ask. So uh, when that comes out on July 21st, Against Dunkirk? Oh my god, is that real? Whew. That's gonna be relying pretty heavily on the international box office. So! What do you see? I see a tower. The man in black. And the gunslinger. On that happy note, the next one. What is your favorite cast? Or cast in movie? What movie has your favorite cast? One of those phrasings. Uh, my favorite movie is one that you've already talked about and talked about most of the cast. Uh, mine is Baby Driver. Yes! Which, on top of having all the people you mentioned, uh, Ansel Elgore, uh, Jamie Foxx, John Bernthal, uh, Lily James, Kevin Spacey, Sky Ferreira, it's also got Flea in it, and it's got Big Boy in it. One, don't forget John Hamm. And John Hamm. Two, and Scruffy not, John Hamm. Alden Ehrenreich is not in that. Does that change your decision? It might. But it's made up by for not only John Hamm, but Scruffy John Hamm. Oh, it is Scruffy John Hamm. And he's got like that like scruffy beard. He's got like this oily hair slicked back. He gets he yep. gets he gets the best line in the trailer where he asks Baby if he loves his girlfriend while John Hamm is holding them both at gunpoint. And when Baby says yes, John Hamm says, That's too bad. Oh, that's just sad. That does not bode well. You know, I I think the one last job might not go... I think there might be some complications with it. Don't those normally go pretty well? Uh, uh, I mean, that depends. Are we talking, like, the famed one last jobs that are usually in movies? Or are we talking, like, my last job? You Like, the last thing I did in my previous job where I quit on, you know, pretty good terms, gave them several weeks' notice, didn't slack off the last day. Because, like, if we're talking one last job there, if we're including all those last jobs, yeah, usually they go fine. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I don't think he's like closing up a video store though. I think he's robbing something. And John Hamm holds him at gunpoint. So I just, you know, as much as I would love to be held by John Hamm in any capacity, uh, I think it might go poorly. I would agree with you. Okay. Well, my choice is uh, a late summer edition, and we haven't seen much out of it except for some incredible photos, including one of a blonde Daniel Craig. My choice is Logan Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Logan Lucky is the latest from Steven, Steven Soderbergh, which this could go under a res- original premise because it's about a NASCAR heist. <laughs> First of all, one, Steven Soderbergh retired from movies like three years ago, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm happy he's back. I'm very happy he's back. None of us thought it was going to stick and it didn't stick. So you got Catherine Waterston, Channing Tatum, blonde Daniel Craig, uh, Adam Driver, Riley Keogh, Katie Holmes, uh, Seth MacFarlane is, is a bit part. Uh, Hillary Swank, Sebastian Stan, and Macon Blair, who I love, who ma- directed I Don't Feel Home in This World Anymore, one of my favorite movies so far this year, and also is a great character actor in a bunch of movies. And again, it's a NASCAR heist starring Daniel Craig, Channing Tatum, and a, and a, a blonde Daniel Craig and Channing Tatum. That's That's all I needed to hear. I mean, that's all you need. It comes out August 18th. What are you going to go see the Hitman's Bodyguard? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Who would do that? Who would go see the Hitman's Bodyguard? Me. Oh, man. 
Now, uh, who would go see that next category? Uh, I am in car, sir. Great. Dead. Yeah, we got a plan to get you out. It's the movie that has a title that goes the, then an adjective, and then a noun. Because inexplicably, there are several of them this year. Uh, mine uh, cheats a little bit because the adjective noun is actually after the colon of this movie. But I didn't really have oh another God. place to put this movie in. Uh, mine is uh, Captain <sighs> Underpants, the first epic movie, just because I want to like bring to light the fact that, like, why... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why? I got... You nope disqualified. That is not only after the colon. That is the adjective adjective noun. How else am I going to talk about the fact that there's a Captain Underpants movie? In there's an animated category coming up. I have a different movie for that one. What are you going to pick for that? The Emoji Movie? You already <laughs> picked that. <laughs> no, not that one. The either. Nut Job Two. You're going to have to wait to find out. Oh, this is unacceptable. I can't believe this. You know, picking two movies was one thing. Completely disobeying the rules of the category. I can't believe this. This is like the first time we've done this, and it's already tradition. Didn't even have time to become tradition before it was torn down and burned. What can I say? I'm a rebel. Man, tell, tell us why I kept that's, I don't know. Like, that's real weird. I Like, I had those books as kids, and I don't understand why the movie is happening now. Like, I'm pretty sure that when the books came out, like, the kids who are the target audience for this movie were not alive yet. And I think the kids who like these books as kids, I don't know that the Captain Under, that Captain Underpants is going to, I don't know if that draw is going to extend into adulthood. Fortunately, I think this movie is made for children who will see a funny bald man in his underwear and a cape and say, I want to see that. You're not and you know, I, I will give you, it has a great voice cast, Jordan Peele, Kevin Hart, Kristen Schaal, Thomas Middleditch, Nick Kroll. And it is about two kids brainstorming their principal into thinking he's a superhero. Named Captain Underpants. Who wears underpants and nothing else but a cape. Fine. Oh, fine, 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 fine. It's an atrocity, but I'll let it stand. What? What's your choice for the adjective? <sighs> you know, I'm just sad now because there are some great choices that are not going to get picked. But uh, I'm going with I, what I think is the obvious answer and the Bad Batch. Actually, it's not obvious. There's another really great choice that might not get even talked about, which is a shame. But my choice is the Bad Batch. Um. The latest from Anna Lily Amarpour, who directed A Girl Comes Home Alone at Night, walks home alone. Ah, a girl walks home alone at night. This is her next film. It's a uh, it's a Texas cannibal love story, and the trailer is great. It's gonna it's gonna look incredible, have crazy style, and just this could have gone under original premise because again, Texas cannibal love story that stars um, the love interest is a certain Aquaman, Jason Momoa. Jim Carrey is somewhere in there. Keanu, Keanu is like a cannibal playboy or something. Like, yeah, like Keanu like runs the place. Yeah, it's gonna be great, or it might not be great, but it's gonna be great to watch it. I can't wait. The Bad Batch. It's taken so long, and you know, even if Anna Lily Amarpour is gonna put out some problematic tweets about supporting certain directors because, or at least consuming their work because she likes to separate the work, the art from the artist i there is enough of a divide where she herself has not done terrible things as far as i know where i'm gonna fully support the bad batch and also like 
I mean, look at Jason Momoa in that. He puts on glasses and, like, paints at some point in that trailer with, like, all of his muscles and everything. It's incredible. It's a really good trailer. I can't wait for that movie. That movie's going to be great. Ugh. It's probably going to be, like, a neon demon where it makes absolutely no money, but I'm going to love it regardless. Weren't you anyway. the Weren't you the only person who saw that movie in the movie theater when you were there? Excuse me. Uh, there were two... <laughs> There were two other chubby, white-bearded dudes around my age seeing that movie in the theater with me. So we were, we gave it like $20 at that screening. All three of us. You know, as if I haven't already dug myself into enough holes on this podcast, I don't. I can't tell if they're like separate holes that are going to merge into one or if I just keep dating to the same hole. I like Neon Demon. I never saw it, so I can withhold comment. It's kind of dumb, but... You know, let's go on to the next one uh, where I will probably dig myself into yet another hole. I'm just like surrounded by holes like I'm Shia LaBeouf. That's another hole dug right there. The chaos of this world is vast and unknowable. The next category is the LTRFI All-Stars of whom Shia LaBeouf is not one. So, for the audience, for the new listener, for those who are the uninitiated or those who need a reminder because this podcast in one form or another has not been around for a while, uh, the... Let the right films in all the right. God damn it. Uh, you know, I was going to avoid mentioning his name on the podcast, but if I'm going to introduce this segment, I'm going to have to say it. The Let the Right Films In All Stars, as chosen kind of haphazardly by myself and Kayla St. Ange. I was going to say RIP, but she's very much alive. She may one day return to this podcast. Are Rooney Mara, Killian Murphy, Chris Evans. <laughs> Wait, Anna Kendrick. Who is that? Chris Evans. Oh, okay. Uh, certain guy. He's like a captain or something. I don't know. Ryan Gosling, Oscar Isaac, Brie Larson, Dan Stevens. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna induct Rami Malik and Janelle Monet into there as well. I think we've been fans of them for long enough. Unfortunately, a lot of those people don't actually have movies coming out this summer, so that really cut down on the choices, but uh game. Which project from Let the Right Films and All Star are you choosing? Is it a ghost story? It starring is Casey Affleck. It is not a ghost story starring Casey oh. Affleck. Uh, oh, man. It is. It might be a choice that you selected too. This might be another one uh, stealing from you. But my choice is The Glass Castle, starring Brie Larson. Uh, it is based on a, a true story. Uh, of a family like who lived as like nomads like anti-capitalists like in the middle of the forest and then when their daughter grew up is now estranged from the family and obviously has some issues from that lifestyle uh it also stars uh naomi watts uh woody harrelson and it uh we talked about this before the podcast uh it basically looks like a sadder version of captain fantastic yep sadder not as many colors some time displacement looks like it's going on. We're going to see him young and grown up. But it even shares two of the kid actors from F- Captain Fantastic. So what else are we supposed to say? I, I don't know. But I, I guess what we're saying is look for Woody Harrelson's Oscar push if this movie gets good, uh, does pretty well critically and uh, in the box office. And also, I'm just going to keep stealing my own tweets, I guess. Which <laughs> is probably not that funny the first time. But that has never stopped me before. Uh, that was on my list. That was that was possibly going to be my choice because i don't feel super again don't feel super great uh choosing a ghost story although i've already talked about it several times which i mean 
is that so different from actually choosing about choosing it? I'm still talking about it. It's still getting play. The problem with this is that a lot of the All-Stars take, taking a break this summer. Not a lot of Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Ryan Gosling, Oscar Isaac. Dan Stevens has a bunch of stuff coming out, but I don't know if there's anything this summer. Rami Malek had something come out a little a couple months or a couple weeks ago. So, uh, but uh, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna slot in a movie I don't think I've technically chosen yet. Dunkirk, starring Killian Murphy, and almost like like a uh, if if you know the, how there are always snubs whenever all stars are, are are picked. Like Tom Hardy would be on the snubbed list. People would be very very angry that he didn't make it. How did he not make it? He's so clearly I'm in love with him. How could so Dunkirk for Killian Murphy and also Tom Hardy. Dunkirk also has uh, Mark Rylance in it, who I recently discovered because uh, I've been watching a lot of Masterpiece, and he was in Wolf Hall, which is a good show on there. Uh, Matt Mark Rylance is delightful. He was the BFG. Indeed, he was. And he was the spy on the bridge with Tom Hanks. Shout out Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance is a new Gabriel Akins all-star. Man, that's a, ooh, man. This is the first time I've recorded a podcast in like months. You're already building your old Hall of Fame. It's unacceptable. I can't believe this. Well, you know what? You can take you could take your all stars somewhere else and write about them. Okay, back. There's no hiding from this son. That category is passed, and we are now on to the horror section. Uh, what is your horror choice for this year? Uh, if I wouldn't have already picked it for a for a twenty four, it would also be it comes at night, which is like that's my secondary choice. Which is not my choice, yay! Uh, but my main choice is uh Annabelle Creation. That's uh, an interesting choice. Honestly, uh, like I find those movies terrifying, uh, just because the doll really freaks me out. I think I think the Lights Out director is directing this one, although yes. that movie itself was pretty contentious, but. Seems like a dude who knows how to do stuff and learn some lessons on his first movie. Quick lights out tangent. The original digital short is much better if you have not seen it. If you want to go on another tangent, there's another movie that's based on a short coming out this year, this summer in Polaroid. Because we did not get enough with Ring and Kadako vs. Sadako dealing with 90s technology in a 2017 horror movie. We have to have Polaroid, too, but I have not seen that short. And that is also not my choice. My choice is It Comes at Night, like I said. Um, there are some other interesting ones coming out, but none I feel super strongly about, like Wish Upon, which is basically a monkey's paw thing. Um, the Berlin Syndrome, which looks really good. Uh, it's a captivity, another captivity one after Hounds of Love, which, oh, man, if you want to get feelings like everything is dead and nothing will ever be okay and your soul will not feel better ever watch hounds of love i'm not gonna do that because i tell dude i don't know what is about australian movies having to be so sadistic between like this and snowtown murders and wolf creek i man yeah going on down under a hard pass on all that okay well my choice is it comes at night so yay (laughs) (laughs) but uh, wait well uh I mean, just while we're here, what other horror movies are coming out this summer? Uh, we have... Don't worry, I have this listed out. So, there's Polaroid, Death Note, you can kind of count, Annabelle, Dark Tower, kind of, Wish Upon. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe neither of us chose Amityville Awakening. Really? I can't. I just... <laughs> well, is it because it's yet another Amityville movie and it's been delayed 
getting close to 10 times now, and I won't believe it's actually come out until I hold a VHS tape copy of it in my hands. That is exactly why. I'll never believe that movie is actually coming out. <laughs> the only Amityville movie that I recognize is the really shitty one with Ryan Reynolds in it. <laughs> oh, Jennifer Jason Lee doesn't deserve that. Uh, oh, you know, since it doesn't look like it's going to get mentioned. The Mummy. Uh, because That's not a horror movie. It is a horror movie. It no, is part of their extended... It is part of the dark universe. <laughs> it is dark. All right, it's about the mummy. All right, it's going to tie into Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein. And Russell Crowe is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So that is a horror movie. Thank you very much. It might be silly. It might have a lot of action. It might make no sense. It's our Tom Cruise probably running at some point, which I'm all in on. Because all of my faves are problematic. Anyways, yeah, the mummy. It's gonna. I'm really excited for that one too. Locked, and it stays that way. I, I feel like there are too many choices to even do this one, but um, most anticipated sequel, and it has to be a sequel, not the start of a franchise, not like another movie in the. Oh my god, game. Are we gonna get through this without mentioning Wonder Woman? I mean, I don't have it. As we gotta shut this down. I don't have. I don't down. have it as any of the selections, although I am oh, cautiously god. optimistic about it and excited. For oh it. man. Oh, I'm so ashamed of us. We didn't pick Wonder Woman. Despite the fact that I'm super excited to see Wonder Woman. <laughs> Me too. It somehow didn't make any of my... You know, I'm... You, like, okay, so... We we trust you, the audience, to realize that Wonder Woman is a thing and it is happening. <sighs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's not a streaming service film. Can't fit in best title. Can't fit in original premises. Premise, not a comedy. Not 824. Oh, it could have been a contender for think pieces, but Death Note exists. So, uh, it's not exactly not, a one not, not good think pieces. Oh, pro- probably not a, an awards candidate outside of you know the uh, effects and stuff. We already knew about it before reaching this, researching this. Uh, the soundtrack does sound pretty cool, but like not quite there. Um, don't think it's gonna flop. Cast is good, but not as good as some of the others. It's not an adjective now, you know. That's that's on my bad creating the categories. I should have come up with a better one. So, but if you're listening to this, go see Wonder Woman. This is the Wonder Woman category. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Like really excited for it. Sounds like the, Actually, the, we, the we word could, so far is good. Pick, we could have picked Great it for trailers. cast just for Chris Pine and Gal Gadot. Oh, uh, the old, the best Chris. I just, I'm going to take a stand right here. Chris Pine is the best Chris. Uh, that is an official. If I mean, obviously, the co-host of this podcast would vehemently disagree, but she's going to have to come on the podcast to, you know, actually fight that until she returns. Chris Pine is the Chris of Let the Right Films In. If we get into my Chris rankings, this podcast is going to totally derail. So let's no, I will. Like, I will <laughs> go go look at our Twitter accounts if you can. No, about my Chris ratings. They're bad. Anyways, anyway. what? It, God, we have we have gone too long. Sequel. We have gone on too many tangents. Someone just started following me on Letterboxd. I can't start pitching that now. Uh, sequel. What is your sequel, sequel. choice? War what, what for the Planet of the Apes, my dude. I unapologetically love the new line of Planet of the Apes movies. That's because they're great. They're all great. I have a really good story about the experience with the first one, and which is why I got into it and why I am so excited for this one. So, in the first one, which was Rise of the Planets of the Apes, even though that doesn't make sense that the first one is Rise and the second one is Dawn, because it seems like those two things should be reversed. Anyway... I saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes in a movie theater, like, packed full that first week. And there's a moment 
in there when uh Caesar, the intelligent ape, uh gets locked up in like this like really terrible like animal holding cell because he's too smart or whatever. And Draco Malfoy is there and he's abusive towards the animals and he goes to uh hit Caesar with a wrench. And Caesar goes and grabs his grabs his arm and Draco Malfoy says, uh, you know, get your damn dirty paw off me. And everyone in the movie theater laughs because like, oh, we all get that reference. And then Caesar, and he hasn't spoken throughout the entire movie, but at that moment, he just goes, no. And it sounds really goofy, but like it was so powerful in that moment, like the entire movie theater just went dead silent, like no popcorn ruffling, no laughing. And at that moment, I was like, I'm 100% in on all of these movies. So what happened in the sequel when the ape rode uh, horse dual-wielding machine guns? Uh, I mean, do you really need to know anything beyond that? I'm surprised you lived past it. I'm surprised any of us survived how great that was. And this one is going to be uh, a full-on war movie starring uh, Andy Serkis as Caesar along... uh, opposite Woody Harrelson as a crazy uh, human military commander uh, who was introduced in the trailer uh, shaving his head with a straight razor in the middle of winter. I mean, Woody Harrelson's a badass. I don't know what else you want me to say. That's what that dude does. So that entire long story is just me saying that I am all in on Warfare of the Planet of the Apes. I can't wait for the sequel, The Resurrection of the Planet of the Apes of the war for the revolution of humanity, except now it's on Mars. No, no, Matt Reeves is directing again. I'm really excited for that. Like, guys, that's, that's not one I'm like, I can't believe I'm excited for it, but I'm excited for it. Uh, my sequel, uh, I, I, I was just like, you know, what can I do to be the, well, especially since this is like one of our last categories, how can I really cap off? Well, like an asshole I am I'm like, you know what? My choice for the best sequel, my most excited sequel, the trip to Spain. Oh, okay. The trip to Spain. So there was the trip. There's the trip to Italy. It's a these this is small movie starring Michael, or directed by Michael Winter, Winterbottom, starring um, the delightful Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. They just go around tasting wine, eating food, making jokes, doing impressions, teaching you how to do Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Now it's the trip to Spain, and you, you know, really, I like to call this fun dad dinner. It's just a bunch of fun dad dinners. Welcome full circle. Fun dad dinner. Huh? Bunch of dads having (laughs) dinner. Fun dad dinner. Ugh, fine. Anyways, that comes out August 11th. It's going to be delightful. They do not deserve you. You've told me this story. All right. So we're we're coming close to the end here. Finally, after long last. Except I'm definitely going to, like, rant about a couple extra things at the end. But the final category... Before the final category, which makes it a penultimate category because it comes for the ultimate category. What's your choice for animated picture? This one was tough for me because it seems like the animated crop this summer is pretty weak. And I mean, I guess like I just I don't like fucking like Cars 3. I don't fucking know. It like the trailer is was insane. Like it was super hardcore, like Lightning McQueen died for a little bit. And he's getting replaced by a newer, like, better technology. 
and he is an old grizzled like vet now. So basically what I'm trying to say is that Cars 3 is the Logan of Cars. This time, they're getting some mud on the tires. I don't know. That's it's gritty cars. I don't. It's, it's, I, it is the it is a Logan. It is the Logan of cars. I got it. I was gonna try to let that go. I'm just gonna move past it. Uh, my choice was Captain Underpants because <laughs> he's a guy wearing underpants and the great voice cast. And, uh, it's a guy in underpants and a cape. And also, honestly, I read those books when I was a kid. So if I had to choose one. So that brings us pretty close to the end, but not nearly as close as you'd like it to be. Although, if you're still listening, maybe you're enjoying this. Who knows? Maybe I shouldn't call out the listener. Gabe, so just to, to, to summarize, I said we have to, each of us, pick a single movie from each month as our most anticipated. And you know what? I bet Wonder Woman's not going to come up again. Ugh. So, June, July, August. In a row. No, don't Don't mess with me on this. Do not... Do not trod on the sanctity of this podcast yet again. What is your favorite movie in consecutive order from June, July, and August? All right. Most anticipated. Your fears were not found. Your fears can be assumed because for June, it is Wonder Woman. For July, it is War for Planet of the Apes. And then August is Ingrid Goes West. I like that. I also have a totally different list. June is It Comes at Night because I am a total shill for horror and A24, especially A24 horror. Uh, July, I picked Atomic Blonde. Just, uh, it's, it's Atomic Blonde. Look at it. It's great. And for uh, August, I picked Logan Lucky, even though we've seen very little of it because I just trust Steven Soderbergh with that cast making a NASCAR heist movie. And Blonde Craig. Blag. Well, yeah. Good list. Good list, good list. Now, I just had a few more things I wanted to go over before. Uh, just, like, you know, fun little notes, little things, like little category-type stuff. So, like, one thing, I like, I never actually wrote a piece on this. I pitched it a few times, and then it never got picked up, and I and ended up never writing it. So that was a great initiative by me. But one of the interesting things I I look forward to every year is finding out, which, like, seeing which actor has a great year, you know? Which actor is just in a bunch of things and kills it in all of them. And some names kept popping up as I looked at the summer movies, people who were in a bunch of things because, you know, release dates are weird and sometimes movies get held for a long time or they're indies. So just a couple people to look for having great summers and eventually great years. Uh, Sophia Boutella, who you remember being awesome in Star Trek, is in the is starring in The Mummy and Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see the Nice Guys game? I did. You remember Andre Rice, the little girl? I did. How great was she? She was awesome. She was great. So she's going to be in Spider-Man Homecoming and in The Beguiled. That's a better summer than or, than you and I will ever have. That's definitely true. Tilda Swinton's going to be in War Machine and Okia, because I guess Tilda Swinton is like a Netflix machine now. Allison Brie, who, a community favorite, really annoyed she hasn't broken out either. She has The Little Hours, A Family Man, and she's going to be in the Netflix series Glow. Aubrey Plaza is in Ingrid Goes West, and another movie we didn't talk about, The Little Hours. Nuns Go Bad. Woo! I love all those people. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know who the real MVP of this summer is going to be? I'm sure you're about to enlighten me. John Goodman. Yeah. Not because he's the MVP of every month to exist, but he's in Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets Ooh. as a voice, but still. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, sure, I'm not sure you want to call him the MVP and then list that as his first movie. How dare you? He is the MVP 
I don't care if that money that movie makes two dollars in America because there was a severely discounted ticket day and I'm the only one who bought one. John Goodman's the MVP. Uh, he's also gonna be in Transformers the last night. You're not uh, you're <laughs> you're not helping yourself right now. <laughs> At least we didn't mention that before we mentioned Wonder Woman. And he's gonna be in Atomic Blonde. Alright, that yeah. at least that one'll be good. John Goodman's the MVP. That's that's all I gotta say. Also, he was in Kong, but God, I hate Kong so much. So yeah. <laughs> so you know how we set down these rules, and I was very mad at you for cheating throughout a game. And like any time we break any of the rules or like you know stretch them to mention more things, it's very upsetting. We're trotting upon the rules of this podcast that is only only newly risen from its ashes. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, we're gonna cheat because we're gonna go through and mention a bunch of movies that we didn't mention in our regular categories. Gabe, are there any other movies you want to quickly, quickly shout out that we did not mention in the podcast? Uh, let's see here. Uh, All Eyes on Me, the Tupac biopic, which looks like it'll probably be pretty good, and I'm hoping it will be. I have been seeing trailers for that in the theater for possible decades, like all year, before every movie. And honestly, I don't even mind. What took so long for a Tupac documentary to get made? Right. Uh, we touched on it briefly. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming looks like it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> we didn't mention Spider-Man. What is there to say about Spider-Man? It's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's, it, you know what? You're right. It looks like it's going to be better than The Amazing Spider-Man. Look, it's, like, it's... No, like, no shots at it, but... I, I trust, if you're listening to this, that you are aware that a Spider-Man movie was coming this summer. <laughs> it's probably because they're actually coming around and tattooing Spider-Man and Tom Holland, both faces, onto our faces as mar- as part of the marketing. Uh, and then another one that we didn't talk about but looks very cool is Score, a film music documentary. I want to throw out uh, Rough Night, which is a comedy starring Scarlett Johansson, the immortal Kate McKinnon, uh, Julian Bell, Alana Glazer, Demi Moore, Zoe Kravitz, Ty Burrell, uh, basically like a in the vein of The Hangover and Bridesmaids. Like the plot doesn't look super interesting, but it has all those incredibly funny people in it, especially Kay McKinnon. I'd give any movie money just for having her in it. And it's directed by uh, Lucia Agnello. I definitely butchered that. Who's a big force on on Broad City? So did I mention Alana Glazer is also in it? But yeah, you did. Yeah, well, she, but, you know, she, de- she deserves it, more than one mention. It's true. And another uh, another comedy, although also a little bit upsetting and romantic, The Big Sick, we didn't mention at all. Directed by Michael Showalter, but more importantly, written and starring Kumail Nanjiani, uh, a, a great comedian and a pretty solid Twitter, Twitter presence. Uh, about how he met his wife and you know the certain there's a there's a big sickness at some point i'm gonna go and spoil that there's a big sick in the big sick and it's just about how they met uh true story and it also stars zoe kazan as his wife um it has great reviews it seems like it's gonna be delightful and also how often do you get a romantic comedy or any movie at all starring a pakistani lead or pakistani american lead or you know anyone who's not white let's see any others you got those despicable me three super excited no, cause I, cause that means we're gonna get a whole bunch of dumb memes on Facebook with minions on them, and I hate it. <laughs> we're gonna keep getting those anyways. Come on. Um, Why? We didn't mention landline. Uh, Gillian Rose Pierre or Gillian Rose Pierre and Jenny Slate, who made Obvious Child, coming back for another movie. What about First Kill? 
Oh, yeah. We should have led the podcast with that. First kill. <laughs> Gabe, tell us about First Kill. Uh, First Kill looks like a really terrible movie about Bruce Willis as, like, a cop or something. I don't know. Like, was... there's there's next to no information about this movie. <laughs> so far, I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> you got me. I'm going to give it all of my money. You know... What I enjoy about this uh, summer season is how many movies have very literal titles and just make it really easy for me to choose what I want to go see. So, so here is, uh, here is the synopsis of. First, oh, of, you! Of, I can't. Hold on, hold on. Before you get into this, I can't believe this. Like Bruce Willis is in it, yeah, but Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen, the guy, Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> he's back. He hates sand. He hates sand. All right, are you ready for the synopsis? <laughs> uh, Wall Street broker Will and his young son Danny witness the murder of a corrupt police officer while on a hunting trip. Period. When the perpetrators take Danny hostage, Will must help them evade the police chief and recover stolen money to save his son. Period. End of synopsis. I gotta be honest, that is pretty indistinguishable from every other trash movie Bruce Willis has been making for the last decade. Like I said, like, this thing is supposed to be coming out, like, this summer, and there is no trailer. There are only a few, like, grainy photographs from the set. There are not even official, like, set photos. Man, what has Hayden Christensen been doing? I mean, we're getting really off track now, and we should probably wrap up the podcast, but let's check it out. Hayden, oh, Hayden Christensen's the dad in this movie. Wait. Oh, my God. Oh, we're all old, and death is rushing up upon us. Time is meaningless. Oh my god. We've come too far. We've gone too long. We have abused both our own time and the listeners. I'm, I'm sorry we did not give proper due to Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which I'm sure will make a bunch of money at the box office and we'll all feel super great about it. That is our summer preview. That is the first uh, annual summer preview of Let the Right Films In with Feeling Edition. Uh, annual seems like an ambitious thing to strap on it, but you know what? You gotta aim for the stars, or at least the ceiling of this room on the first level of the apartment. We're gonna do it. Oh, that's not even true. We live on the third level. But, Gabe, thanks for joining me. I'm glad to be podcasting, Glenn, again. Glad to have you podcasting with me, even when you're spouting terrible opinions um, and making wrong choices. Thanks for having me, so I can make all those <laughs> wrong choices. You know what? Why don't you tell us where we can hear you, where we can find your work? Uh, you can find my work at uh, substreammagazine.com, also in uh, Substream uh, Magazine's print edition, which we just put out a new one uh, recently that has Mr. Wives on the cover, so you should go check that out. Excellent. And also, you're on Twitter at, uh, at what again? At Gabriel Akins. Excellent. So if you're mad about anything on this podcast, whether it was said by me, probably said by me, I had some bad takes in there, uh, you should act Gabe about it. And I will, you. I will read it before muting you. Uh, and you can find the podcast on ltrfi.com, which uh, will hopefully be set up by the time we start this. You can find the podcast there, including old episodes, which feature my usual co-host, Kayla St. Ange. We're on all the various social networks, which you can all find there. That's part of the reason I made it. It's a central place where you can find all these things. So I don't have to tell you, go to twitter.com, so backslash, uh, at ltrfipod, go to Facebook, go there. You'll find it. Follow us on follow me on Letterboxd. Follow Kayla on Twitter. If you want Kayla to be on the podcast again, uh, send her money. You know, that usually gets people to do things. No, I'm, I'm glad that the podcast is back. 
We will have Kayla back again. We will have other people on again. Uh, it's an expanded podcasting universe game. We'll, we'll have fun mom dinners. And you, <laughs> yes, we'll have fun mom dinners. Oh, you know what? The uh, should have called the podcast Fun Mom Dinner. Gabe, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for putting up with my nonsense and for previewing the summer with me. I hope you won't get too mad when we have to cut out a third of this because good Lord, is it long? Fortunately, I think I was the one talking too much. And so we'll just cut out most of the things I say and all my trash opinions. Anyways. Yeah. That's been let the right films in. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. We're going to try to drop episodes weekly on Fridays. We don't have a fun tagline yet because I don't want to force the tagline. And you know, I don't want to just, uh, it's not the same with me saying Jurassic Park is a terrible movie and always will be, even though it is. And I'm still debating whether I want to replace that with Kong. Skull Island is a garbage movie and always will be. Ugh. but he's about to fuck up Star Wars for all of us. No, don't know. We have to get through... We have to enjoy Star Wars Episode Eight before we get too sad about Star Wars Episode Nine. The the man that is in charge of handling Carrie Fisher's death and putting that into the no, Star Wars no, movie don't. is Colin Trevorrow. Oh, no. Why? This was supposed to be a fun mob dinner. <laughs> <laughs>